0: Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have our special guest, Ben Henry. Ben, thanks for being here today.
1: Thanks for having me, Sarah. (laughs) Looking forward to it.
0: Uh, You've got so much fun stuff happening right now, but before we get into what you're doing today, will you just give us a little bit of background about yourself, maybe where you're from, and sort of where you started?
1: Yeah, I'm um, born and raised in Denver, Colorado.
0: Awesome, Um, Colorado native.
1: Yep, so grew up here, um, grew up in the construction business, I'm the oldest of three. I Have a younger brother that lives in Australia, cool. and uh, a younger sister that's in Madison, Wisconsin. All right. Um, and and uh, like said, I I uh, kind of grew up on the job sites um, in a construction family. Um, went to private school growing up until about third grade. Moved down um, down south a little bit and jumped into public school and uh, and ended up going to Cherry Creek High School, so I went to a massive high school. Um, you know, a thousand kids in my class and kinda had free reign um through high school I guess and um after that I graduated and um
0: Well congratulations. Thank you.
1: (laughs) I have to pat myself on the back.
0: Sometimes that uh, that's a big Um, one (laughs) there.
1: But no, it was, it was um, you know, grew up here in Denver, uh, left in 2004, um, I ended up going to school in Santa Barbara. Okay. And um, I ended up studying film. Um, so I, I, you know, nothing pertaining to what I do now. Um, studied film and was this Denver kid that, you know, moved to Southern California and lived on the beach at 18 years old, which was dangerous. But <laughs> um, figured out a way to, you know, get it done and... So I was there for a few years, um, and then I moved to Los Angeles. Um, so I took a, took a job at Warner Brothers. Cool. Um, which was awesome at my age. and and you? Being fascinated with the whole entertainment industry and the film business, um, you know, took a great job at Warner Brothers for somebody my age, and, and uh, I was a production assistant. So. okay kind of got involved in, in the television side of things and, and worked on numerous different shows as a PA. Um, so, you know, essentially was driving around a golf cart around the lot and and working in the mailroom and delivering scripts and budgets and, um, you know, the whole nine, but was really learning, you know, every avenue, I guess, of behind-the-camera production, which is what I um, was most interested in. So Awesome. Um, I actually... That was like 2008, 2009. Um, so that I don't know Great if. Great
0: time of the industry. Anybody, yeah,
1: remembers, but there was um, a writer's strike okay. back then. So um, a lot of people got laid off, and, and, you know, I was one of those people. So about a year after my, my um, you know, consistent job there, um, I ended up shopping my resume on, you know, on Craigslist and, and different. You know, production sites and, and just getting any jobs that I could take from uh, music videos to commercials to you know whatever and I'd, I'd kind of do a bunch of freelance 1099 uh, production work
0: okay
1: um, so I did that for for several years um, in Los Angeles and um, you know then I was able to um, meet a couple people um, through the film side of things a very good friend of mine um, was in the nightclub business okay so he worked for a company called SBE um, Sammy Boy Entertainment They basically ran Los Angeles nightlife from hotels restaurants nightclubs um, and so I kind of got involved um, in the nightclub business I guess I um, left a little bit out of my story so when I moved from Santa Barbara to Los Angeles I moved in with one of my best friends from high school here in Denver uh, that was attending USC. Okay. So he was a senior at USC, um, and I moved from Santa Barbara to basically USC campus. So I was <laughs> working out at their gym, I was going to every football game, I was basically a student without being enrolled <laughs> at USC. And it was pretty Fun. funny. I, people found out I didn't go to USC, and they were just like confused because <laughs> I was in the mix. Um, but anyway, I had an opportunity to, to you know work with this um, friend of mine that was in Hollywood, and we were you know kind of down at USC, and and um, so he would basically provide me buses, so I would start bussing you know kids with Daddy's credit card to these nightclubs that would you know spend money and buy bottle service, and then. Um, you know a handful of uh, females as well we would you know kind of load up these buses go to Hollywood and so that kind of became like a little side job for me and I had so much fun doing it um, you know I've kind of always loved um, hosting people and and um, you know kind of making connections so for me I was you know 21 years old and, and um, kind of made a really cool connection for these students at u s c to go out to hollywood and and I was making a little money on the side doing it, so
0: building social capital already
1: yes, um, definitely, and that 's kind of probably where it where it all started and where I really like found that love for you know social capital and and you know just um, making connections so um did that for a while. I continued to do the freelance film stuff here and there. Um, you know, the first thing I would kind of look at was day rate or compensation, and and it became you know more that I was kind of doing it for the money. Yeah. Um, and I was enjoying you know this other little side business that I had so much that it kind of transitioned into more of a full-time thing. Um, so you know, fast forward a little bit, um, I ended up uh, you know being a club promoter basically, and I was. You know, this was from 21 to 24, 25 years old and um, was making good money and, and some great connections, meeting tons of you know, influential people and, and um, just really enjoying myself. And, and, um, so yeah, you know, there was multiple spots that SBE opened and they would kind of hire our team to come on board. We'd do like one weekly night, we'd do like one party a week um, at a specific venue. And then, you know, it turned into five parties a week at five different venues um, and just kind of, you know, spiraled into this, you know, little business that we kind of created. And it was a lot of fun, um, but kind of, you know, took a toll on me. I was was, uh, 24 years old and I was out in a nightclub. I was working and I was, you know, hosting a table. I was behind the bar. I was... All over the place, and I had, um, you know, a lady come up to me, and and she kind of pulled out a business card, and she said, "Hey, you know, my name's Jody. I'm a casting director for the show Survivor. Have you ever heard of the show?" And I said, "You know, yeah, like, you know, that show's still on TV." <laughs> and um, so it was pretty funny. She had said, "You know, you have to come meet my boss. We're in, you know, the process of casting for." you know the next season and uh, would love for you to come meet my boss like you're perfect for the show and so I'm like yeah 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 you know we're out and and um, you know I'm occupied with other things and and so anyway we traded information Um, long story short you know Jody ended up getting in touch with me the next day told me to wear exactly what I was wearing last night and to come down to Santa Monica and meet her boss um, a lady, Lynn Spillman, that cast you know Big Brother, Amazing Race, Survivor, all of Mark Burnett's shows, and um, so I'm, I remember you know I'm 24, I'm like <laughs> kind of confused a little bit, and I'm, I'm like calling my parents and I'm like, hey, this lady like wants me to audition for Survivor, and you know told me I have a great shot at being on the show, and you know what do you think? And, and to be honest with you, I was a little bit hungover.
0: Um, <laughs> Imagine little,
1: that. Little side note: it was it was um, Oscar Sunday, so we were out Saturday night when that happened. It was Oscar Sunday. I had a big event to go to. I was supposed to pick up, you know, all these cupcakes. I remember, and um,
0: like ladies or actual cupcakes?
1: No, like <laughs> sprinkles cupcakes, actual cupcakes. Um, that's funny. Um, and and you know, be in Malibu by a certain time. And anyway. Um, you know, so I didn't really feel like going to Santa Monica. Anyway, I uh, ended up driving down to Santa Monica. I met Lynn Spillman. The whole thing happened really fast and you know, I met Lynn, we kind of hit it off. She told me to pack a bag and uh, that she needed me, you know, at the DoubleTree Hotel in Santa Monica for the next 3 nights. And I was like, I have 200 cupcakes to pick up. I got to be in Malibu for this event and you know, I'm sorry, I can't do that and she was you know, she basically told me, you have a really good shot at being on this show. It could change your life, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm, like, in the lobby of this building, calling my parents, calling my girlfriend <laughs> about this the cupcake situation. And, um, anyway, long story short, I ended up going back to my place in Hollywood, packed a bag, drove back to Santa Monica, and figured that I would, like, see what this whole thing's about. Yeah. Um, so it was a pretty extensive casting process i'd never really done anything like this obviously i was interested in production yeah but it was you know more behind the camera Mm -hmm. as opposed to in front of the camera and i'd never really um you know auditioned or thought about being on a show or anything like that so the whole thing was kind of new to me um over the you know course of three days i went through several meetings um uh, with different producers and then i finally met you know mark burnett who's the creator of the show and he does the voice, and you know, he's just a uh, you know heavy hitter in, in like Hollywood reality TV, I guess. So it was really cool to meet him. Um, and then of course the host of the show, which was a guy named Jeff Probst, and he's still the host. Um, so anyway, I don't want to ramble too much about Survivor, but I ended up getting cast um, to be on the show. So fast forward, um, you know, they had, I got a phone call basically saying, hey, we really want you to be on the next season of Survivor. Congratulations! Um, you know we need to know in kind of the next week if, if this is something you want to do. Um, didn't tell me where they were filming at the time, so I didn't really know much about it. I had watched the show growing up when I was young. Um, didn't even know the show was still on, <laughs> and so I, I had an opportunity to kind of watch multiple seasons start to finish. Yeah. And. Um, So I watched several seasons and kind of familiarized myself with the game and and ball was in my court and ultimately decided that, you know, this was something I'd like to do. Yeah. Um, I talked to some, you know, other cast members that were on previous seasons and um, so I, you know, ended up um, committing to this and, um, you know, a month later I flew to Nicaragua and competed for a million dollars while stranded on an island for, uh, um, you know, for the 21st season of the show Survivor on CBS. So, really had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, it was the most miserable but most amazing experience of my life, and um, you know, just pushed me so much, like mentally, physically, socially. Um, really cool game and. Um, just really enjoyed my entire experience. Um, so and ended they, made up
0: a, they made a fan for life out of you. Now you watch the season, you don't miss it, right?
1: Yeah, now I'm, I'm a big fan of the show. <laughs> and um, you know, They called
0: I'll, him Benry. His name's Ben yeah. Henry, but they called him Benry. Yeah. We'll, ha- we'll have it in the show notes. My favorite part is how you cooked the chicken before you left.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: ate, ate the chicken from some girl uh, on his way out who voted him out.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. There was so much that, like you know so much footage that they had that was chopped up into you know a 45 minute episode after commercials and so I never really knew what was gonna air but there was so much that took place so that chicken situation was pretty funny and <laughs> I, I uh, was really frustrated that we didn't win the challenge to go on the reward to eat the food um, so we had some chickens back at camp and I ended up cooking <laughs> <the> chicken
0: <laughs> on for, way uh, out
1: for everybody that didn't win the challenge so <laughs> Yeah, um, but it was, it was you know, I met people in a million years that I never could see myself being friends with, that I'm still friends with today, um, you know, from ranchers in the middle of nowhere to uh, NFL football coaches. Jimmy Johnson was on my season, which awesome. was really, really cool, because um, I'm a big football fan, and, um, you know, just a very diverse group of people that, that ended up becoming um, very close friends, so... And then there was a handful of people that I could do without. <laughs> yeah. You know, hanging There's out always with a, a
0: few of those, right? Yeah.
1: Um, so that was, you know, a very kind of pivotal time in my life, I feel like. It couldn't have come at a better time. And it was like, you know, I was young 20s and this kid from Denver that you know, was in Southern California and kind of found himself in the Hollywood scene and promoting nightclubs and and um and then, you know, this opportunity kind of presented itself and it it put a lot into perspective i think um at that age you know it's it's probably different a different experience for everybody that goes on that show um but for me it was like 24 years old um you know and it put a lot into perspective like said and in terms of like what's important what's not you know from little things like sitting in a chair yeah um and just the things that you take for granted and um, so I really think it came at a, a great time in my life and, um, some of the coolest things that I got to do that made this miserable part of the experience most worth it was, um, some of the things that I got to do after the show. So we took, uh, we did, well, first we did a armed forces entertainment tour. Okay. So they took kind of the finalists, um, from survivor and some of the, you know, the favorites and then they took um, a handful of finalists from like American Idol yeah um, and so we did this armed forces entertainment tour I got paid to do it cool. I had no idea what I was doing I, I'm like we're gonna go see our troops and military bases and and for what you know it's like I'm getting paid for this but didn't ask too many <laughs> questions and, and ended up going on this five week military tour so cool. we went we spent uh, we spent a week uh, at each base okay um, so we went to five different bases Okinawa, Guam, Singapore, wow. Diego Garcia, which there's no civilians allowed there, wow. um, and and had a an opportunity to go um, entertain our troops, which yeah. was like so cool at the end of it to see how much it meant to them. Yeah. Um. And and honestly, like still remain in touch with with some of these people that are fighting for our country, stranded in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know. Um, so the idols would perform and kind of sing for them and we did survivor challenges where we would like you know come up with different challenges and at the end of the week there was like one sole survivor so
0: (laughs) that's fun
1: it was it meant so much to them and in turn you know meant a lot to to me and all of us that were there so that was really cool um we take uh, these kids with terminal illnesses to disney world every year
0: cool Um,
1: and i did that for several years and then uh, and then I haven't done it in a while, but I'd like to kind of get back into that. It's called Give Kids the World. Okay. Um, it's outside Orlando, Florida in celebration. And these families basically spend so much money their entire lives, um, you know, on, on treatments and medicine and, and uh, for these illnesses that they're, th- these young kids have. And they can never afford, like, a, a vacation. Right. Um, to Disney World or, you know, like what we all, you know, most of us got to grow up doing, I guess um so anyway that that's something that happens every august and just was like i mean it was like the most amazing thing ever um so to kind of be a part of that and like you know contribute there was was pretty sweet and like said those are the types of things that really made like the whole miserable part of (laughs) of survivor um worth it so it was just really cool um so when
0: Survivor ended, did you go back to the nightclubs, or what did you do kind of at the end of that experience? So
1: that's the next next part of the story, I guess. Um, so you win some money. I didn't win the million dollars, um, but I, you know, won a good chunk of money. Um, what To me, at my age, was, you know, a lot of money, and, and um, the timing was, was right um, to where I had a, a group of um, friends, colleagues, co-workers that were kind of branching off to open their own bar. Okay. Um, so I got involved with this group, decided that, you know, and over the last few years of doing the nightclub hospitality s- stuff, that that was something I loved to do. And that yeah. I was really interested in, in bar and restaurant management, or, you know, opening my own spot was was a goal of mine. Yeah. So um, I was 24 years old and had a nice chunk of change. The timing was perfect, um, and so I partnered, you know, with a couple guys, and we opened up a... Upscale sports bar. Awesome. A uh, gastro pub style sports bar called The Parlor. Um, so that was 2010, right after Survivor. Okay. Um, so I kind of, you know, I was still doing the nightclub stuff on the side, but I got involved and I opened up my own spot. So, cool. I was 24, um, owned a bar, and um, it became like this staple sports bar in Hollywood where celebrities and people, athletes, and people would go to watch the games. And, um, you know, I'd Managed, bartended, I basically lived at the parlor. Um, so we did, you know, a ton of demo on our own. It was, you know, five buddies at the end of the day that opened up a, a brand new bar in Hollywood, uh, 7250 Melrose Avenue. It's still there,
0: awesome. and
1: ten years later. So it was fun, a learning experience to say the least. Yeah. Um, just mixing, you know, what to me was a lot of money, friendship, business. Um, but it was, you know, I, I definitely. I would have done it again because um, it was a way for me to kind of learn every single avenue of, of a business that I was interested in, you know, pursuing as a career. So, yeah. um, that, you know, that happened, um, kind of 2010, 2011, um, like I said, I found myself living there. Yeah. So I was, you know, the bar business, it's the bar restaurant nightlife business is, is tough. Um, and it, you know, could eventually take a toll on you. I was, um, you know, I was up like closing down a bar until right. two in the morning and, and you know, by the and time you get out of there and, and go to bed right. and then, you know, sleep till two, three in the afternoon, maybe right. get a workout in and then back to the bar at five to open it up. And it was just like, it took a toll, you know, yeah. eventually a couple years later, it was just like, man, um so the operational side of that business, I feel like was, was, you know, draining me. Um, so being a sports bar, we, we, um, you know, our slowest time of the year was the summer. Yeah. So we had, you know, NASCAR and baseball and whatnot, but football season's over, March madness is over, NBA playoffs are over, um, which were really like our busy money makers. So, um, I needed a little break and, um, uh, 2012 I ended up, uh, Coming back to denver just for the summer um so my dad's a custom home builder here um you know he's been building in denver uh, for about 30 years yeah uh, 25 30 years so i kind of grew up on the job sites like we talked about and in in the business and and um so he had a couple spec projects at the time that he was building um with some investors and he needed a broker to sell these so it was like again, a timing thing, you know, timing is, is huge. So, um, I moved back for, for the summer of 2012. Um, I'm doing the math on, you know, getting my real estate license and selling these houses and, and it made sense. Yeah. So I was like, all right, come back, get my license in five weeks. Um, you know, list these and it didn't happen as fast as (laughs) I thought. Um, but I came back, got my real estate license, ended up selling these two spec homes. Um, and enjoyed doing that and kind of starting my, you know, starting my real estate, you know, business and curiosity and knowledge. And it was just like, he was busy. He had expressed that he, you know, could use some help. Yeah. I was obviously burnt out on, on running a bar in LA. And, and um, so I ended up sticking around a little longer. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I decided, I tried to do the whole broker thing um, went and hung my license with a great brokerage and um, you know got a mentor and and ultimately decided that you know I would always have an active real estate license yeah um, but that that whole broker agent world yeah you know, bus stop bench realtor Ben Henry just wasn't for me <laughs> right um, not knocking on it at all no, but right. I had a really good opportunity to kind of learn the building side of the business mm-hmm. um, you know my father was building like crazy he couldn't keep up and um you know had hired a a superintendent essentially and um just was kind of interested in in growing um and expanding kind of after the downturn yeah um which never really affected him because all of his business has been really client-based for the most part Uh so he kind of stayed afloat through that quiet time um just with remodel stuff for clients and whatnot so anyway um Decided that I'd be crazy not to learn, you know, the building side of, of the real estate business. So, um, kind of jumped in to Henry Development, helped him with um, building a new website and some rebranding, and um, you know, just some marketing initiatives, I guess, yeah. for Henry Development. I'm looking at his sign that's in a, you know, in, in the front yard of this project. It's like this old little janky <laughs> sign with like maroon coloring and a weird logo. I'm just like, what are we doing here? <laughs> um, you know, let's spruce this up a little bit. So anyway, I had some good ideas, um, you know, on helping him kind of create an awareness of Henry development and start some marketing, um, you know, for the business. And, and then it just kind of transpired into being in the field every day. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm very organized. So I, you know, have this, you know, innate capability to just um, stay very organized with scheduling and whatnot. So I started alleviating some of his workload and and helping him out. And then, you know, fast forward, it's 2019 and and I've been doing this about six years now. Yeah. So now I'm like knee deep in the family business. Totally. Um, You know, he and I have such a great relationship outside of work, very close with my parents and so it was, you know, kind of this this fine line of like work and whatnot. I call my dad John, um, you know, in, in in the field and while working and with clients and whatnot. So anyway, we we've been in business together for about six years now. I love it. Um, at first, I really kind of questioned what I was getting myself into and. And I felt like I just, you know, hung up all these contacts that I had built for so long in Southern California and L.A. and Hollywood for for years. Um, And I just kind of hung all that up and I moved back to Denver and, you know, went to Cherry Creek High School. It's this little bubble and, you know, kind of what am I doing? And then, um, you know, obviously in the last several years, we've seen so much growth here in the city and um, just an influx of some really great people and companies and, and business and and um, so I'm finally in a place where I like love Denver. Yeah. Um, which I have been in the last you know a few years and and really enjoying you know growing uh, Henry development and working with my dad and yeah. Uh, my mom's in the office so it's really kind of a family operation and staying busy. You know I love the the uh, creative side of of building and. um you know, so I like the spec stuff. Design, finishes, fixtures and, and John's always kinda of built my dad's always kind of built, you know, custom for clients and doesn't really care about that stuff. So it's it's um you know, it's a good mesh, I guess. Yeah. Um
0: complimentary. Yeah.
1: And I've you know, have some access to capital and, and some great relationships here that I've brought in some investors for on some deals and um, you know, things that he had never really thought of. Yeah. Um, implemented some Great software builder trend, yeah. um, which he was, you know, a little bit hesitant of at first, but now it's, it's, you know, it's transitioning a lot and it's becoming a well-oiled machine and yeah. and so I, I enjoy what I do and I plan on, you know, making a career out of it so
0: that's awesome and we'll have in the show notes all of your contact information so um for the parlor as well as for henry development and um so that people can connect one-on-one and and professionally with you so in the essence of social capital um you know you've developed relationships here in high school and then moving out for college and in la and in that nightclub business and then through survivor and all of the tv production and then now back here Uh, You have a very well and diverse um, Social capital and power of your network So would you say that there are a few like kind of key ingredients to building that network?
1: I think it's just you know, it's a Personality thing at the end of the day. It's cultivating these relationships. It's it's You know creating an awareness of what you do and just staying in touch with these people and I do a really good job of um, you know staying in touch Um, whether it's, you know, personal text message, a phone call to catch up for a little bit. Um, Obviously now it's a lot easier with social media, um, you know, for people to kind of see what you're up to and and for you to kind of promote what you're doing. Um, But I think, you know, cultivating those relationships has been just so big for me, and it's just staying in touch. You know, there's a lot of people in Los Angeles that, like, you know, you can be there in two hours and I'll go back and it's, you know, there's a handful of people that don't even realize that I left. <laughs> um, and that's honestly because this day and age, you can, you know, you're in touch with um, people all the time. But I'm trying to think like, you know, I, I would have to say it's just that point of contact and, yeah. and staying in touch and, um, you know, more on a, on, a, on a personal level too. You know, people um, love to, you know, Work with me, but they're also, you know, friends of mine. Yeah. Um.
0: I joke all the time, and I I all call all my clients and, and customers friends. People are like, that's your friend. I'm like, well, yeah, they're all my friends. Yeah. Like, once you reach a certain point, and you see the relationship for the whole kind of holistic piece of what it is. That right. that's a human being. That's not just a professional, but a, a person and a human yeah. um, on so many different levels. So, you know, being in a family business can sometimes be tough, right? There's so many dynamics. Do you have any kind of just tips or tricks or advice for people who are in a family business right now?
1: I mean, honestly, I think it's it's really a communication thing. And it's putting it all out there and, and um, you know, conveying your thoughts and your feedback. And, and that's probably the most important thing would be communication. Um, But, you know, that being said, there's times where I'm not a good communicator and, you know, my dad might not be either. And, um, he's kind of always done things his way for the last 25 plus years. And, and so it's, you know, there's times where he's slowly started to, like, understand where I'm coming from. But, um, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's a communication thing, I would say, is the most important, um, there are, you know, it's never going to be perfect. I mean, there's times where my mom will ask, you know, are you coming over for dinner anytime (laughs) soon? Because I eat there often. Um, And, you know, I'll I'll have to tell her that, you know, once dad's out of the house or (laughs) or, uh, you know, this little argument or whatever it may be passes, then I'll be back for dinner. But it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, like, communication, hands down, would be you know
0: my number one um, word of wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. You, I remember a conversation with your mom, who's also in the business, and she has said, "If if ever my my boys or my men or any of these pieces of my family um, are, are damaged at all because of the business, we're out. Like yeah. that'll be that. If ever our family dynamic is damaged in any way because of the business dynamic, we're gonna make some adjustments." Yeah. And she's very serious about, about that piece. Family is first and the business is sort of second and, um, keeping those things. So, you know, and thank you for sharing that. And, and can you tell us now just like a little bit about what you're doing today? I mean, I, I see your, uh, Denver active 2030 shirt and if there's anything that you're kind of involved in that we can either partner with you on or that people
1: can be more aware of, um, you know, in addition to. Henry Development and yeah. all the projects that we have going on. Um, you know, there's a lot that I do and kind of contribute uh, outside of outside of that business. And um, I am a member of Denver Active 2030. Um, it's a hundred men between the ages of 20 and 40 um, that raise over a million dollars a year uh, to give back uh, to at-risk youth, uh, disadvantaged youth, and um, in our community. So in Denver. And, um, we do four events uh, every year. We do an awesome golf tournament. We do a three-day polo event. Um, we do an event called the Barn Party, which is a lot of fun. Um, and then we do Christmas for Kids, where we take all these uh, you know kids. We pick them up and we take them shopping. They get a hundred-dollar budget at Target, and they are um, forced to basically buy gifts for their family members because they've never really had an opportunity to do that. So. Um, that that group's been um, great to me. I've kind of branched out of that little Cherry Creek High School bubble. Um, you know, I have some of my best friends growing up that will always be my friends, but have really started to meet you know a great group of guys and and um, um, you know whatnot out of Denver Active 2030. So it's uh, it's been fun. We have a good time doing it, and then you know at the end we do a grant reviews So we have like. Uh, over a hundred different nonprofits that apply for grants from Denver Active 2030. Uh, all the members sit down and interview all of these nonprofits, and um, you know we talk about their financials and really kind of dive into um, where this money will be going and how it will be used. So we really do a good job of vetting that and um, making sure that we you know allocate these funds um, appropriately. Um, so Denver Active 2030, um, you know, takes up some time, I've been playing a ton of tennis. Awesome. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have any kids, and, and so we were playing softball forever, and um, everybody started having kids, and so they pulled the plug on the softball team, but now I've been playing tennis. Awesome. Lots of tennis. And um, that's another
0: family sport. Your parents like to play tennis yeah. as well, right?
1: So my dad and I, we have father-son doubles in the state open. Awesome. Uh, our, our first match is on Thursday, so.
0: Cool. Um,
1: yeah, regardless of how work is going at that time, we'll kind of, you know, check out mentally of of work and jump on the tennis court and go play together. So that's fun. Um, you know, I put a group together, um, that bought lotos. Yeah. Um, back in January, uh, which is pretty cool. So we bought all three lotos locations, Westminster, Lone Tree and Market Street. Um, we're in the process of, of, battling back and forth with the Landmark District on on the Market Street building which is a historic building um, but have a great tenant we're going to do some some updates to that building and, and have a great tenant out of uh, Scottsdale Arizona that's yeah. coming to Denver and, and so I've facilitated that introduction basically and put that whole deal together so I'm always kind of staying busy outside of Henry Development yeah. um, with the social capital and you know making connections and just kind of utilizing my network and
0: um, That's what I was say- I was gonna say is, you know, sometimes the social capital piece and the practical application is something that you do so often you almost forget what you're doing or you don't, you're like, I'm not sure that I actually build any social capital, but just even in that, you know, your involvement in charities is huge in building social capital and participating and building things and facilitating um, opportunities for people to come together and meet each other's needs, right. even if necessarily It's not relevant directly to you, but all of those are ways that you're developing social capital.
1: No, absolutely. And I
0: think you know sometimes when you're when you're like Ben and you have this huge network and social capital that um, goes beyond what maybe uh, people traditionally have, it sort of becomes something that you just don't even realize that you're doing, but you're doing it every single day.
1: Well, and even this conversation is is you know making me realize kind of you know that network that i do have and that i'm very fortunate to have that but it didn't you know happen overnight and it's
0: and i think there's a lot about one of the things about you ben is you're very open to having conversations with pretty much anyone about anything and there's that open-mindedness about how you engage with people that you're not necessarily going into these conversations looking for a specific outcome and that you kind of go in and you're like, hey, let me see if I can be a part of whatever's happening here mm-hmm. and if I can contribute. And it's a huge piece, I think, of how you have done such a phenomenal job of just meeting the needs of the people around you um, by connecting them with other people who can be supportive to them and built this, this reputation in this industry and in LA and in all the places that you've kind of put yourself um, to be someone who is really well connected and can be a source and a resource for other people.
1: I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, it's it,
0: it's um, awesome. And yeah. it's been such an honor and a pleasure to have you here today. I really appreciate you spending some time with us. And before we wrap up, do you have any final thoughts you just can't wait to share?
1: Um, final thoughts? I can't wait to get on my snowboard again. I
0: know. Um, me too.
1: No, summer's been great. Um, work's been great. Um, can't complain. Life is good. And I'm going to just keep plugging away and you know, taking it day by day.
0: Awesome. Well, we will be sure to have all of the uh, contact information for Ben and and how you can reach him and get involved in the stuff that he's involved in in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks, Sarah. appreciate it.
0: That's all for this episode of Social Capital Expert. Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.